Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we talk about a novel approach to deal with global warming and the economic incentive to pursue this program. Before we start today's episode, we have a quick announcement from the team at Finch Shots. We have recently launched a new endeavor called Ditto Insurance to help people purchase health and life insurance for themselves and their families. Ditto comes with a spam-free guarantee and we answer your queries free of cost, even if you don't buy insurance from us. So head over to Ditto Insurance now for unbiased personalized insurance advice. The link is in the description below. Every now and then, we talk about climate change in this podcast. We also talk about ways to mitigate the impact of climate change. But if there's one thing we truly enjoy the most, it's discussing novel ideas that make you go, "Wow!" Like the time we discussed bringing back an extinct animal, the woolly mammoth, remember, to battle global warming. Yes, that story took off in a big way and we have something very similar today as well. But first, we have to outline the problem. Fossil fuels. When you burn coal and oil, you inadvertently produce noxious fumes, a cocktail of carbon dioxide CO2 and nitrous dioxide N2O and other greenhouse gases. These greenhouse gases in turn trap heat and warm the planet. Hence the name global warming. And if we don't stop this warming, it will have massive consequences for everyone involved. Flooding, plagues, cyclones, wildfires, unbearable temperatures, it's all on the cards. So we need to do something. However, there's an economic roadblock. Switching from fossil fuels to renewables is expensive. Take India for instance. Our estimate is that a climate change plan will cost more than 2.5 trillion dollars through 2030. to put things into perspective that's the entirety of the country's current gdp and that means we may not be able to meaningfully contribute anytime soon then there's the time issue we technically need to limit the rise in global temperature to 1.5 degree celsius compared to pre-industrial levels and to do this we need to cut emissions by about 45% by 2030 compared to emissions in 2010 That's 8 years from now and we are way off target. So we need some unconventional solutions, something that's cost effective and one that can be deployed at scale. Enter solar geoengineering, an idea that could potentially help us cool the planet without having the need to reduce emissions. On the 15th of June 1991, the Pinatubo volcano erupted and shot ash and gas miles up into the atmosphere. Nobody thought much of it at the time except for the fact that it was the second largest volcanic eruption of the century but then they saw cooling in fact this event alone cooled the earth by around half a degree celsius in the following months how did this happen well two words atmospheric aerosol after an eruption the sulfur dioxide gas condenses into tiny droplets of sulfuric acid in the stratosphere Over the course of the next few months the winds blow these particles practically everywhere eventually they will come to blanket the whole globe and they can stay up there for about 2 years reflecting sunlight reducing the total amount of energy reaching the earth's surface this in turn cools the planet and can help alleviate the global warming problem so in principle if you could somehow limit the amount of sunlight hitting the earth's surface you could prevent global warming and no You don't have to wait for eruptions. You could insert the aerosols yourself and even place giant mirrors in space. It's all the same. So long as you can limit solar radiation hitting the deck, you're good as gold. And unlike the renewable plan, this is extremely cost-effective. 
One researcher believes that it would cost just $10 billion or one ten thousandth of the global GDP. Whereas its benefits could be more than 1% of the global GDP, a return 1,000 times greater than its cost. So why not just do this? Why not give it a try? Well, there are a few concerns. For starters, global warming is only part of the issue here. We also have to look at how emissions affect other ecosystems. For instance, this won't help us breathe easy. It won't prevent acid rains. It won't mitigate some of the damaging impact carbon emissions have on wildlife. So technically, it only solves part of the problem. But there's also the fact that it may give rise to whole new issues. Issues we never thought of before. Alerting sunlight can have an impact on photosynthesis. It could affect plants' ability to absorb carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. It can even have an impact on rainfall and humidity. Things that may be irreversible. And if we ever try to reverse it, it could accelerate global warming even further. And finally, we don't know how this may impact the climate system as a whole. One MIT study showed that in response to reduced incoming solar radiation, the equator cooled significantly as the poles continued to warm, affecting storm patterns. They even go on to write that solar geoengineering is not reversing climate change but is substituting one unprecedented climate state for another. So yes, while there is some optimism surrounding novel approaches such as solar geoengineering, there's also considerable apprehension. It could be like opening a Pandora's box and finding out that we are really messed up. Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.